Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I'll be discussing infidelity, just an overview of a couple questions that I got, and um, there's a whole section of my blog devoted to infidelity, and I actually did a continuing ed for other clinicians on infidelity, uh, which is a huge PowerPoint that took me three hours. I presented that at my state organization association years ago, and most recently for a private CE company, TZK Seminar. So if there is somebody who wants to hear me talk for three hours on infidelity straight, then you can message me and I'll link you to where you can purchase that for $65 for this company. Um, But anyway, otherwise I'll just give you more of a brief overview here. And before I do that, please do subscribe because I have loads and loads of great episodes. Most recently was how your child is watching how you treat your significant other, your partner. So um, be careful. (laughs) All right. So infidelity. Infidelity is, um, you know, it's a hot topic because people think that there's more infidelity than there is. (laughs) Particularly a lot of the guys who come to me um, through various manosphere channels think that women are just cheating all the time. They're not. Women have low rates of cheating compared to men. I tried to say this on TikTok and I got all these dudes who were like, no way. Women are like cheating at rates of 95%. No, that's not true. I'm sorry that happened to you, but it it isn't. It's unusual. Women have low lower sex drives. They're more often with small children. You know, they, they don't usually cheat. The rates are, are about 20% for men and 13% for women. And that's across the whole lifespan. Um, so not, mo- most women are not cheating. 87% are not cheating. Um, who does cheat? Well, it doesn't really have to do as much as people think with whether you're happy in your relationship. 56% of men that cheat are in happy relationships and 24% of women. So it seems like women do cheat at much lower rates, but um, they may do it because they are more unhappy. That would give them the push. Like they don't have that natural testosterone walking around in monogamy, as I say all the time. They don't walk around once they're in a serious relationship, like aroused all the time, you know, like a guy might, you know, so therefore they have to actually be pretty unhappy in the relationship to cheat. But, you know, 24% of them that cheat a quarter are still happy. So that's, that's something to be said. So then why do people cheat? Because they want to feel alive. I said this in another podcast, and it's in the Esther Peril State of Affairs book, which you should read. That's a great book on affairs. Um, And you, you would think that in, in our culture, there's like, you know, people act like people who cheat or like the devil in our culture. This is only a real recent sort of thing. It used to be a given that men would cheat, especially if they were traveling or they were traveling for extended periods. It was kind of um, known that men had like workplace affairs and things like that. And the only time that that would be so horrible would be if the wife was humiliated and found out about it. And you could see some of this if you watch The Sopranos with uh, Tony Soprano and Carmela, how he cheats on her. But it really only gets humiliating if he somehow, I mean, you know, obviously she she doesn't love it. But it, it's considered something that they that is going to happen. But if it were to come back and bite her some way and she were to be publicly humiliated, that would be the very bad part. Um, but nowadays, as I've talked all the time about how marriage is supposed to be everything, people are supposed to be each other's complete soulmate, best friend, co-parent, you know, on, on the same page with every value, now it's thought of as, as really very terrible. And that's okay. Culture changes, you know. And now... Um, 
there was like post-infidelity betrayal and all sorts of things where people experience real PTSD symptoms from infidelity. And that is because the culture has changed, you know? I mean, so yes, now it is, it is a trauma to find that out more so for some people than for others, but uh, especially people who have been betrayed and treated badly in their childhoods. If they have another, you know, trauma of any sort, relationally, it's going to feel worse than it will for other people. But the majority of people nowadays take it extremely, extremely bad. And there's a lot of interesting books on how different this is. And those are all in the bibliography of my um, continuing ed presentation. (laughs) So the one that I always um, cite because the title is so great is The Erotic Silence of the American Wife. So that's a pretty good one to, um, to read if you're looking for kind of why do women cheat that isn't that they're unhappy. It's this feeling of is this all there is in my life? And now when you find somebody that you're attracted to, that's attracted to you back, you feel young again. You feel like there's possibilities. You feel a sense of adventure. You feel basically like you're not half sleepwalking anymore. You feel alert and alive and very different than you do uh, when you're just kind of going through your life. And of course, there are multiple kinds of affairs, but emotional affairs happen a lot more now than they ever did because of the internet and, you know, because of texting and social media and everything. A lot of the people that I see are people who had emotional affairs. Some of them went physical, some didn't. But the majority of affairs, especially that women have, turn out to be emotional affairs where they were really close to somebody, let's say at work, work is a real common one, and they're talking to them on Slack, then they're talking to them on text, and they're talking to them and talking to them and talking to them. Then they start talking about their relationship and they're not happy. And, you know, it goes from there. So, um, this is why I counsel people in the aftermath of infidelity. You, if you really want to stay focused on your relationship and you know, you're somebody that's already done this once before, don't have any opposite sex friends. Just don't, you know, do not get together with people of the opposite sex that you may be attracted to. Because if you start talking to them about, things individually one-on-one and the topics become increasingly more intimate than you already know once before it happened that you got involved with somebody where you weren't supposed to so keep your boundaries very strong you know this is um sometimes people don't like this advice but I mean if you want to if you're in the aftermath of infidelity and you still are saying that you ought to have all the same friends and all the same leeway as before then do you really want to work on your relationship probably not because you're still putting yourself in harm's way so some uh, the person who asked me to do the infidelity thing, the subscriber also asked, are there any times when having an affair is like a good idea? It's never a good idea. I mean, I could make some Lifetime movie stuff up. Like, I don't know, your wife is in a coma, you know? <laughs> I mean, And like, you've been faithful for 20 years. And then, you know, but like, that's not the sort of situation that people are in. It's really never a good idea to cheat on somebody. Pragmatically, it's a terrible idea. Your kids, if they find out, are going to hate you. Your divorce is going to be acrimonious and horrible. You're, if, if you reconcile with your spouse, they're never going to talk to you on the trust you in the same way again it's never a good idea I mean you could get an STD that's happened to some of my um 
my clients who've had multiple affairs, because I work with a lot of guys with sex addiction, they get an STD, then they have to tell their wife, and it's a whole fucking thing. So no, you should really never have an affair. If you find yourself drawn to having an affair, you should quickly go into therapy and try to work through whatever this attraction is and figure out what you want. It's a thousand times better to get out of the relationship if you really are dissatisfied Or nowadays, holy shit, look, there's a loophole that a lot of people have, which is poly. You know, if people try poly, and this is what everybody was saying on my TikToks, it's a very different demographic on TikToks, a lot of younger people. So everybody was like, oh, did you never hear about poly? I'm like, yeah, I fucking did hear about poly. Okay. (laughs) I have a lot of poly clients now, more and more and more. But if you really cannot exist in your marriage without screwing other people, well, then at least do it honestly and say that you want to have an open marriage. I had a podcast on poly for anybody that cares. Um, I should have linked those TikTok people to that. (laughs) Didn't even think about it. But anyway, yeah, you can't really lie to your spouse and think anything good is going to happen because you're never as slick as you think and you're probably going to get found out. And even if not, you're going to feel like a piece of shit. So like, you know, the guilt, you know, it's just not going to be a good scene. So because this is not the Mad Men or Sopranos sort of society where most men can just do that and then it doesn't, you know, bite them in the ass and it doesn't make them feel guilty or anything because this is just what we do. It's not just what we do. So you would be the guy with a huge secret. And I'll tell you, nowadays, even other guys are not cool with hearing this. Like if you say, it used to be if you're a guy, you say to another guy, I'm having an affair. They're like, okay. Now it would be like, oh my God, man, what's wrong? Are you sure you want to risk everything? Uh, Blah, blah. I mean, half of them probably tell your wife. I mean, just like, don't have an affair. Like, not that listening to this podcast is going to make anybody stop if they're really about to have an affair, but it can fuck you up, and the your divorce will be a thousand times worse than your partner hates you, etc. But what if somebody is asking, is it ever a good idea to have an affair? What the question probably is, is if I am incredibly dissatisfied within my relationship, but I do not want to end my relationship, is there any way to have a free lunch? And y'all know what I think about free lunches already. You can't have any. There's no free lunch. So in this case, it should mobilize you to say, since there's no free lunch, I got to get out of my relationship or I have to work on making it better. Those are really my only options. Having an escape affair is not an ethical option. In terms of who has affairs, that was another component of the question I was asked. Uh, People with insecure attachment have affairs more. That should come as no surprise to any of you who have um, been listening. People, it's interesting, men with avoidant attachment, so the men that are like, you know, no constrictions on me, I want to be free, uh, are more likely to have affairs. That one's pretty fucking obvious, right? And women with preoccupied attachment. So not the avoidant attachment women. They are more, so the avoidant wives and the avoidant wife podcast. It's so funny, actually. I should like, um, you know, put this data on a blimp for all the guys that come to me that are super preoccupied attachment with avoidant wives and they're like oh my god she's cheating on me and I'm like no she just doesn't want to fuck you like that's different you know it doesn't mean she's fucking someone else it means she's fucking no one you know because she is so irritated by you and your neediness that she doesn't want to fuck anyone she's just like done she's monogamous she's done she's focusing on her friends her career her kids that's what she's doing like for you to think that because she's not fucking you means she's fucking someone else is stupid it's not real And in, obviously, at least 87% of cases, it's not real. But the women who do cheat more, interestingly, are the preoccupied women with, and this is what research bears out, with avoidant men. 
who are coupled with avoidant men. Why? Because they're not getting their closeness needs met. So the guy's at work, the guy's at golf, the guy's at fishing, the guy's doing all his things. He doesn't give much of a shit. And so what does she do during that time? She talks to her ex-boyfriend on Facebook or whoever else. And so moral of the story is if you are a preoccupied attachment guy, which is most of the guys who are going to be listening, your avoidant wife probably not cheating on you. You've probably already installed trackers on each other's phones, so you probably know she's not cheating on you. But don't go down a rabbit hole of if she's not fucking me, she must be fucking somebody. That's not real. People say that about men. It's not even real about men, as you all know. Every man that's listening that's not having sex, you're not having sex with anyone else either, the great majority of you. But some of you are, most of you aren't. So the, the way that marriage goes currently is, if unfortunately, is if you're not fucking your spouse, you're not having sex. I mean, like, that's how it goes. The majority of people are not having affairs. That's, and the incidence of infidelity goes lower and lower and lower with uh, education level, income, etc. So there's that as well. So a lot of the people, the women that are cheating are women with like, you know, who are like 18 years old because it goes from all adults. So, you know, and also, by the way, it's interesting. There's women that are cheating that are older. Again, this is out of a very small sample size of women that are cheating. But the years where men think they're cheating, which is like the years of having small kids, barely any women are cheating in those years. They got to be really unhappy and or really emotionally dysregulated to be that kind of volatile and kind of uh, to, to risk to risk uh, a divorce, to risk being found out, to risk not having full custody of their kids if they were to get found out. It's like a whole thing. So most women with small kids, which is when, you know, they start not having sex with their husbands, they're not having sex with anybody. So that's just the reality. But um, the people that are more likely are the people with insecure attachment. They don't trust others. They did not learn stable templates of relationships growing up. So they have trust issues and people with trust issues or intimacy issues are not going to be trusting and intimate within their primary relationship at the same rates as people who did have secure attachment growing up. Um, in terms of the, the statistics behind, like, uh, I don't know, how many... Somebody asked how many affairs, not the same person, somebody asked how many affairs actually get found out. I don't know. Like, there's not statistics like that, <laughs> but that I could find at least. But from what I see, you know, a lot, a lot of people get caught. I mean, that's just the truth. And people get caught, especially with long-term things. Do I know if everybody gets caught that sleeps with a stripper at their friend's bachelor party? I don't know those statistics. But from what I observe, generally, the longer that an affair goes on, then the more evidence you're leaving. So, you know, that's how it is. I had this uh, years ago, somebody wrote in and asked about their husband had a one-night stand years ago. Do I think that the marriage could be solved? He actually came to her and admitted it. It was years later. Yes, I think the marriage can be worked on and be resolved. I do, of course. I work with many couples in the aftermath of infidelity. The only couples where it's not resolved are the people that are literally actively in the affair while they're coming to see me because they refuse to give up on it because they love that person. So that's obviously, you know, doesn't, doesn't take a licensed psychologist to say that's not a very good sign. But people who, people of course get through affairs. They recover from infidelity. I've written about this on my site. And of course, what predicts it? If you have a stronger relationship, more motivation, often children are a very good motivator. And if you can both understand each other's sides. So the one who got cheated on can understand kind of why. They don't love it. They don't even like it. They're very 
mad, but at least they understand how the other one felt, that the other one, you know, felt that they got this attention and then they got kind of drunk on the attention and they made these bad choices. And meanwhile, you know, we weren't having sex. Like they can put it together like pieces of a puzzle. And then the betraying partner first in the order of operations also but first has to uh, empathize with the betrayed partner. I mean, they got to be really, really apologetic and get past that defensiveness, and then the marriage can be worked on. And as Esther Perel says in State of Affairs, can move on to marriage 2.0, meaning like it's never going to be the first marriage in the wake of infidelity, but with work, it can be an even stronger marriage if you, because it can lead to conversations where you deeply understand one another for the first time. And in fact, there's usually a hysterical bonding phase, which means that people have a bunch of sex in the discovery in the aftermath of the discovery because they are very uh, dysregulated by the news. Everything is new. Your partner, even though he did something terrible, at least he did something new, <laughs> you know, or she. And um, and you're trying to mate guard them, and you're also kind of like um, you're, you're competing. So mate guarding means you're competing against the potential other party by engaging in this hysterical bonding. This very uh, sharp uptick in the amount of sex that you're having. So on the one hand, there's one upside that usually transpires, which is that people start having sex. Some some people. If we're talking about Mr. and Mrs. Divorced in Spirit, you know, my couples you meet in counseling number three in the loveless marriage, if there's an affair, well, then it's bye-bye, you know, like it's, it's like not even a it's not even a thing that could potentially lead to reconciliation because they're so divorced from one another, really, in spirit, as I say. But for couples that have more engagement with one another, if an affair is found out frequently, there is this um, time where the mate is trying to get you away from your affair partner, which leads to this uptick in sex and interest, etc. And of course, there's also like horrible, horrible things that happen, lasting betrayal, trust issues forever, conversations till four in the morning, uh, going through everything that you did, you'll have to give access to your phone in many cases. I mean, it's just a world of shit. So, you know, don't do, don't have an affair in order to get the hysterical bonding phase, because frequently people break up anyway after the hysterical bonding phase is done. But, you know, this is something that happens when you're thinking about how things go. But yes, couples can definitely work on repairing after infidelity. They do that all the time. That's what loads and loads of couples counselors work on with clients. I mean, infidelity is a really big one. Nowadays, it's like if you find out that your spouse is having an affair, it's like almost the first thing you do is call a couples counselor. So we see lots of it. And if the couple is committed and strong and wants to work through you know, the hard work and the person is committed to understanding this was a mistake and they want to be done with the affair, that's pretty key, then you can repair. Of course, there are situations where the person does not want to relinquish the affair partner. And then another question, which I did not get, but, you know, I'm here, um, <laughs> here all night, um, is, is, the, is it ever the case that people leave for their affair partners and it works out? Yeah. I mean, I hear this all the time. I don't know how this became something that people don't think. I think this is like a tooth fairy kind of, you know, like it's reassuring thought that people have. Oh, it's never going to work out if you marry the affair partner. I see it. I mean, I see it happen. People will say to me, oh, yeah, my, my stepmother, that's the woman that my father cheated with. Like, I mean, it just happens because the reality is, is that most people are monogamous in their heart. And if they are 
these are the people that are not happy, the people that end up leaving for the affair partner. So they're in this ongoing love affair, literally not just sex, but a love affair. And then eventually they can choose to leave. It doesn't usually happen that they're very ambivalent and then the spouse kicks them out and then they go to the affair partner. But frequently people choose to leave for the affair partner. That does happen. It doesn't happen like all the time or anything, but it also doesn't happen none of the time. So, I mean, it, it is a thing that I hear. And when I started out, I didn't think I would hear it as much as I did because I had um, thought, you know, the same as the layperson thinks. That doesn't happen a lot. But it really, you hear it more and more. And people's stories about their parents and my parents are divorced. And then, you know, one of them remarried the person that they had cheated with. So it does happen. And it happens, I think, because people love love and they, they, they fall in love frequently as not, you know, in an affair. It's very hard for people of both genders to just put sex in a specific category. This is why when I have clients who are like, oh, I'm not going to go on Tinder because Tinder's just for hooking up. Everything is for meeting people. There's no man that's going to have awesome sex with you and gets along with your personality. And then he's like, nah, but you know what? I met you on Tinder, so I'm not going to pursue anything. People can click on people. Click on feel. That's the one for um, just sex, like literally just sex. I mean, people click and meet significant others in all kinds of ways. It's just if the two people click. You know, like there was a Real Housewives and she met her husband on a, a, a sex ad on Craigslist. I mean, this shit happens. So there's no such thing usually unless you're literally visiting a brothel, you know, where you are completely shut down to the idea of a sexual um, partner ever, no matter how awesome they are, becoming a love partner. I mean, it, you're not going into it with the same expectations, but love can always happen in any sort of situation, which is why nobody should have an affair if they're at all committed to their relationship, because you may think your wife doesn't have enough sex with you, so you're just going to go on the side and fuck this girl at work. Yeah, well, guess what? You may fall in love with the girl at work, too, and then, you know, a whole then first you have problems, <laughs> you know, and you're going to leave and this and that, and, and then your kids may hate the girl at work because they resent her because she's the whore that took you away from our mother don't get yourself down this rabbit hole of hell so anyway that is the overview of infidelity if anybody's dying to hear me talk for three hours on it um just hit hit me up and i will link you to where you can do that or and you could also send me some more specific questions about infidelity and i've also written about it extensively on the infidelity section of dr psych mom and i will talk to you all soon